Hi, this is Zach Semke with PassFast Accelerator, and thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the PassFast podcast, recorded at Passive House Network's 2023 conference in Denver, Colorado. And a big thank you to Enersign for the support of the series. The interview you're about to hear was hosted by Ilka Cassidy, co-host of the PassFast podcast. Ilka Cassidy from the Passive House um, Accelerator podcast, and we are here in Denver at the Passive House Network Conference. And I'm here with Chris Magwood. Yeah, it's really it's really nice to be here with you. You are going to present here today mm-hmm. in a little bit, and can you tell us a little bit first, a little bit more about you, what you do, mm-hmm. and then about the session that you're going to present? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess quickly, my background is in the design build world and specifically the high performance design build world. And then even more specifically in kind of like bringing natural building materials to high performance building. Um, and as part of that work, I got really interested in the embodied carbon of the materials. Like what's the carbon footprint of all this stuff we're using? Um, and so that's kind of what I've been focusing on for the last five or six years now. Uh, at first with Builders for Climate Action, with the Beam Tool development, and uh, and now with Rocky Mountain Institute. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the Beam Tool is something that everyone knows by now. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we just uh, I think we just hit three thousand users, so that feels Great. really good. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. I definitely want to hear a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. But first, can you uh, just talk a little bit about the session that you can? Sure. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm one sort of presenter on a panel about embodied carbon. Uh, what I'm going to do is is present on the with Builders for Climate Action and the Beam tool. We did a bunch of modeling studies. One for the Canadian government, a couple for three different uh, projects for cities in Canada, and then one for a developer in the southeastern United States. So we now have you know 900 homes that we've run through the beam calculator and so I'm just going to sort of do the high level overview of this is what embodied carbon looks like from all the houses that we've studied uh, here are the big uh, here's where all the embodied carbon is in you know in these material categories and here's what you can start to do about it yeah yeah and uh, how does the beam tool work yeah so the beam tool um, it takes the, the dimensions of your building, so we, it makes a model, I guess, similar to a, an energy model where you're looking at the area of walls and windows and floors and, and roofs. And then it associates, um, it kind of does material quantity takeoffs from those areas and then associates um, an embodied carbon factor from uh, an environmental product declaration for a given product with that so that you can see in the tool in sort of real time, you open it up and if you're, say, comparing insulation products, you tell what R value you're looking at and you'll kind of see the embodied carbon of all of these different insulation products or types of concrete or roofing materials or whatever, you know, the material happens to be. It, the idea is you can sort of start to do that uh, direct comparison and do anything from just compare one material to another to sort of model a whole building and see what see what the carbon footprint of, of everything is yeah. in total. Yeah, so in a way it just makes quantifiable what our um, 
what, what we kind of think what the best materials, materials yeah. are going to be, right? But I'm yeah. sure that you're going to run into surprises too, right? Yeah, there are some there are some surprises. You know, I think a lot of a lot of things people probably would into it. You know, the things that have high embodied carbon are the things that need a lot of fossil fuel energy to make. So if you think about heating up rocks or glass until it melts, if you think about you know melting ore to make steel heating up rocks to make concrete like all of those things do show up um, some of the surprises are sometimes in the petrochemical foams because they may not have a lot of fossil fuel energy in the production but there's a lot of greenhouse gases emitted in in the actual chemistry of them like as they're being made there's various stages where things off gas and those chemicals are you know big greenhouse gas drivers so um, yeah, it, yeah it's it's interesting, you know, people, especially when we show builders, you know, when they start scrolling through the tool, there's often some, you know, good moments of realization, like, oh, I had no idea that one was either high or low or, you know, yeah. 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 Yeah, this is actually something that I'm very curious about in this conference mm -hmm. to find out what everyone uses their tools for, yeah. maybe besides of what it's actually meant to be mm -hmm. or be made for. Yeah. So do you see any, any different usage of your tool that helps people convey you know, the issue of embodied carbon? Yeah, I think I didn't, I didn't think about how much it would get used just in straight material comparisons. You know, it, it, we built it to do whole building models and specifically low-rise residential models because that was kind of the gap in the market and what my background is in. So mm -hmm. I was looking for a tool to do those things. Um, but, you know, I am hearing from a lot of architects who do much larger projects who just like, like it because it is a fast comparative tool so they can sketch out studies of wall systems, flooring, roofing, you know, those sorts of things really quickly and before they've gotten into actual design on a larger project. So um, that's definitely a use that I didn't predict for the tool that, that yeah. people are really uh, seem to be using it for. Yeah, that's great. So how did you, I know it's hard to collect all the data to mm -hmm. use in the, in the modeling tool, yeah. right? How did you go about that? Well, quite literally, the first version of Beam was just me scouring every website where I thought I might find an environmental product declaration and sort of downloading it and then taking the information and putting it into a spreadsheet. Um, and to be honest, that's still kind of how Beam goes. They're, the uh, folks at Building Transparency are, are uh, working, well, they have a really large database now of EPDs that they have uh, a free API that you can sort of connect to so at some point soon, we'll, we'll stop doing the data collection part ourselves and we'll start you know, working with one of the other tools that, where that's their focus is to maintain that. Yeah, it's important uh, as there are more and more tools coming out mm -hmm. like that, that you can actually use the same database, yeah, correct? Exactly, so otherwise yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you can't really yeah. compare yeah. your results at all. Yeah. yeah, it would have been nice to do that from the get-go with Beam, but the reason that we made Beam is that at the time, things like the EC3 tool and Tally and OneClick, they were really built for the sort of larger buildings world, and they literally didn't have the materials that me as a low-rise residential builder wanted. And so I could have connected with them, but I wouldn't have got the materials from them that I that I needed. But that's, you know, 
they're all growing to include more and more types of materials and so at some point soon it'll be it'll make sense to to combine and yeah all be using the same data yeah yeah and there's something that i seems like i keep hearing more and more about as well it's just looking at recyclability of materials kind of the circular the circular yeah is that something that you're looking into as well and something that you might be able to to incorporate into your beam tool possibly it's it's tricky because you know personally circularity has been at the heart of what i've been doing my whole career um and i think as a whole are especially in the low-rise world residential world thinking about design for disassembly to me is the, one of the most important things we can be thinking about um which you know if you can take all the components of the building apart without wrecking them then they become much more reusable recyclable um but in terms of looking at the embodied carbon you know when something is recyclable we're trying to predict what might happen to that material some number of unknown decades into the future and you know a lot of life cycle assessment tools want to put a number to that but it's also it's a wild guess of a number in terms of you know as resources get more scarce as energy starts costing more i think we'll treat those materials differently at end of life in a decade or two decades or five decades and so i think it's really important today to be thinking about can i be using materials and using them in a way that helps the most at end of life but we also can't know what that end of life yeah. is going to look like yeah i mean one um one way to look at that is a term that i've also heard now more and more is the uh, oh, yeah. yeah the yeah. urban mining index so uh which is trying to put a number mm -hmm. towards that yeah. future mining of that material yeah. correct so yeah and wouldn't it be great if they looked back at us and and thought Wow, they made it really easy for us to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the last project that I did with Endeavor Center was a house that was fully built to be disassembled and we actually took it apart and put it up and took it apart and put it up yeah. uh, a number of times with no waste and it's like that you know, that's what the next generation needs us to be doing now is to make sure that while we're still we are still using fossil fuels like we do still have this economy of scale where it's relatively cheap to make these things like to make them in a way that that yeah they are usable in the future and not not usable in a well i can smash all that drywall apart and put it in a truck and take it somewhere and melt it down and turn it into a new sheet of drywall but like oh if i just take those visible screws out of that sheet of drywall i have a useful sheet of drywall that can go somewhere else i think you know even more than recyclability that kind of reusability is really yeah. you know we should be thinking about that a lot right now yeah and it really informs your choices of assemblies too yeah. right which material you're using yeah. for something that is for example liquid applied mm -hmm. or you know, taped or yeah. you know spray foam yeah. <laughs> for yeah. example i mean yeah, whatever the things that are really hard to yeah. ever get apart again yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. when you start thinking about air tightness Mm -hmm. You might want to start thinking about how do I get this building airtight without using yeah. materials that basically ruin yeah. the 
the reusability of the yeah. of the material. Yeah. You know, I think it's a really, really interesting topic. Yeah. So what's next? <laughs> what's next? Well, I'm working um, with the ResNet organization to uh, make a standard for measuring embodied carbon in homes that will kind of align the life cycle assessment world with the way energy modelers do their modeling. You know, it's whether you're modeling a building for passive house or for a HERS rating or in Canada with HOT 2000, you're making this model that you could very easily be also looking at embodied carbon from the information you've already input. So we're trying to make a standard so that, so that you know, there's a way that the tools can be built out so that those, those both, those analyses happen or could happen at the same time. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's interesting about that is once you, you, I mean, it's, it's basically developing a model, right? Yeah. It's, it's most likely a 3D model in some yeah. form or shape that yeah. you attach data to. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. once you have that, there are basically endless opportunities That's to right. attach more data to yeah. it. For example, the circularity or that uh, urban mining index. That's right. Yeah. So I think that's really, really mm-hmm. interesting too. And then yeah. you can start mapping out even on city levels buildings that have been built and mm-hmm. uh, put into this this kind of modeling tool yeah. for future use. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think having some some shared sort of like underlying standards mm-hmm. for making those models is important because what I fear happening with embodied carbon is a what's happened with energy efficiency, which is that you have all of these different systems of measuring and they all do their thing and they're all for a certain purpose, but you can't, like, they don't compare and talk to each other. Um, And so what I would love is if, if Passive House wants to do embodied carbon, let's do it the same way that ResNet is doing it, that it's being done in Canada. And, like, what you then do with those numbers is is up to you, but but if we can measure it the same way, then then you know a passive house modeler looking at their embodied carbon results can turn to some other modeler looking at their embodied carbon results, and at least the embodied carbon side they're comparable. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that's really important to for comparability too. But I also feel like you can't really dictate one specific t- uh, software that everyone needs to yeah. use, right? Yeah. So I think it's, it's good to think in a way where, yeah, everyone can use whatever they have been using because mm-hmm. it's not easy to switch over, yeah. but yeah, make it comparable. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a really yeah. good way of thinking. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's always and, a pleasure to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your session. Thanks. <laughs>